John Ellefson. We're live now, by the way, fellas. Okay. Very gracious and generous guy. He rented the boat from Caddyshack for his overflow guests. And you said, did you sleep there? And I said, no, no, no. I preferred to sleep at the house. That's all. Ah. If I had been assigned the boat, I would have gladly stayed on the... How many people can sleep on the boat? How many people can sleep on the boat? Oh, about six or seven. Like really? there's three bedrooms, and every bedroom has a washroom. Jesus. <laughs> and and I, I was uh, I wasn't paying attention. Why did that irk Dan? What, that you didn't sleep on the boat? He seemed irked by that. He Were you irked? Think I, I didn't want to. It wasn't oh, a I case see. of that. It wasn't an option. All right. And I was more than happy to stay in this beautiful home that uh, John has. You see, you never know with Dan. He's, he'll he'll focus on things, yeah. and then only um, later. When you have a chance to think about them, you go, you know what, Dan Duran had a point. And just a reminder, it's uh, John Ellison who was on the show many times in the lead up to the election. Remember? Yeah, during uh, COVID John, there, our, too. Right, uh, from this, uh, not from this home. He was in a different place before, but uh, yeah, who um, offered his level-headed, um, rational perspective on what's going on down here and still does. Well, uh, we're happy that you're safe in America. It's an, you know, I was a little nervous. You uh, driving uh, to America, you never know what would happen. But I, I, is are people constantly living in fear of mass shootings? No. Nope. Well, they should be. It doesn't come up, you know. <laughs> no. the, John had a large party on Saturday, and we were all part of it. And uh, uh, it's funny. He just. You know, it was nothing but normal people. Right. There was no political. There was a little political talk. I talked to this one young woman uh, who's in the military, and she's just so disgusted by Trump and everything that comes with it. Just very rational, level-headed girl. Um, But that really was the extent of it, and we all know where John stands, so no. What about, uh, did John, um, did everyone at the party get a gun to play with just for fun? Was there, like, guns being given out? Like, hey, here's your gun. Don't Hey, don't leave without your goodie bag. What's in it? Some gun and bullets and things. I asked a couple of people um, when the conversation come up uh, about guns, and none of them have, like, night table guns. None. I uh, don't know that expression. You mean like just random guns and, you know. Well, just, you know, like in your night table in case somebody breaks in, right. like a handgun. The only people that had guns, they were registered for hunting. Oh, I see. Like Canada. Yeah, yeah. But, All right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it uh, was a great experience. And uh, to sit on, on uh, what we did Friday night, we went to Seafood, I guess is the name of the boat. That was used in the in the movie Caddyshack. Then we watched Caddyshack while sitting on the Caddyshack boat, boat, which is really cool. (laughs) It was, and uh, you know, it was quite exciting. And I say you that thing that I'm going to play it now. Do you want to play it now or when the boys come on? Oh, whatever, whatever. All right. Well, I'm going to play it now uh, because you're referencing it. So, and and in the movie Caddyshack, he honks the horn. Yes, it's got a very distinctive horn. Before they blast into everybody and, you know, rip those other boats apart and stuff. Okay, so here's... So uh, they, they, they kept the integrity of the boat, and including the horn. And uh, Ivor, Ivor Hamilton, who, again, has been on the show a few times, uh, was thrilled with that. All right, so here's Ivor in the background of this uh, quick video is our buddy Darren. We'll get to Darren and uh, what's going on with him later. But first... We are... 
<laughs> I, I've watched it now four or five times. I just love the look on Ivor's face because he's making this face as the horn is sounding. That's great. Well, aren't you lucky to have it? What an experience. And uh, when it's what is it, Tuesday? So you're heading back here tomorrow or Thursday? Well, I told you we um, encountered that bump on the road, so we're just trying to uh, strategize exactly. We might wait till Thursday morning. We were going to go to Atlantic City. That's off the off the uh, that's off the plans now. Although, have you been been banned? Well, no. There's there's a wrinkle to this story, and it's interesting because part of this story started when I was hanging out with you guys. Okay. Do you remember? Well, you don't see. It's funny. I just remembered it, so I know you won't. But we had this discussion when I was there about what would happen if this happened, and I had a suggestion for you guys. Do you remember this conversation? Vaguely, no. Howard. You're going to have to refresh. I'm old. Well, I guarantee you that Dudu remembers it because we were sitting around. Uh huh. Well, let's just tell everyone. So, one of your buddies has got COVID on yes. the trip. Yes. Darren. The creator of Cockface. Mm-hmm. The creator? Exactly. <laughs> Cockface the, the, creator. The, the, <laughs> well, ex- he's known for so many things. He's the creator of the uh, Dandaran uh, alternate, um, what's that, uh, uh, secret identity or, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. A superhero. Superhero. Uh, yeah. Cockface. Yeah. And he's also <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, when I was there, we were sitting around talking about your trip that you're on now. Right. Come on. And we were sort of having this discussion. What if somebody got COVID? And right. I said something like, well, because you're all in the same car. Mm-hmm. And I yes. suggested that you guys just make a pact before you go that if somebody gets it, then they're right. just going to rent a car and come home on their own or have because they might have to stay and isolate. Yes. Do you remember? I can't, I can't remember. Yes, I do, Howard. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. We had this discussion for mm-hmm. a while. I didn't know you were part of that. That's right. Okay. That's I right. You were part of that. And uh, and lo and behold, how did uh, Darren find out that uh, he had the uh, vid? Uh, well, the party was sad, but he would have got it. It wasn't the party. He thinks that he got it at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. He had a mask on and off, and as we all did. Um. Uh, so I guess it was Saturday night. He got a scratch in his throat, and he got the chills a bit, and he just didn't feel right. So he had brought some test kits. Oh, yeah. And he said, I'm going to test myself. This was Sunday morning, and I'm thinking, he won't have it. And then he came into me, <laughs> and he said, it's positive. And I said, what? And so we waited, and we looked, and yes, it was positive. And then I said, you know, it's the these little, you know, tests they gave out at... Yeah. I said, let's do let's do two out of three, like do it again. And if it's, you know, if it's, uh, you know, it's what's the word negative, um, then do a third one. And then whatever that. Yeah, says, like we'll best of three, like heads and tails. Best exactly. Two out of three. exactly. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, the second one was positive as well. So so you, didn't, so you didn't do a third one. <laughs> no, he didn't need to. <laughs> the series was over. I, I, I know. You win the first two games out of three, you're done. <laughs> so then, again, he, he was quite concerned. Obviously, it's unsettling. Yeah. So we started putting plans together for 
how are we what are we going to do now and he was going to drive home and ha- and uh Ivor and i were looking at you know renting a car and maybe driving it to buffalo and dropping it and then having delise pick us up or his brother and then we looked at flights and uh what they would be to drop us in buffalo and again have delise pick us up but then the more we thought about it and again i know the attitude has really changed up at home as well but here it's just it's just part of life. It's like, oh, you got COVID. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you'll be fine in a couple of days. That's the beginning and the end of it here. Yeah, they're like, so, yeah, don't lick me in the face. But other than that, yeah, let's, other let's, than that, let's it's share, like, okay. <laughs> let's share a popsicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and I was talking to my son about that, too. He, yeah. All his friends, the way they've all got it now, it's like they just don't care anymore. Well, I've told you that Charlie and Spencer, yeah. you know, Charlie's on her third or second or third bout of it. Yeah. You know, Charlie just got back from New York a couple of days ago. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know that a couple of times in the last few weeks to a month, she's had a bit of a scratchy throat. And she said to me, I'm not going to test myself. Yeah. So he's positive. You know, Ivor has had it. John has had it. I haven't. And then we're thinking, well, part of it's fatigue. Does he really want to get in a car and drive for nine or ten hours? That's probably not the safest thing to do. Right. So this is such a lovely, spacious home with an outdoor area, and we each have our own bedrooms. So we determine that, you know, he could probably just wait it out. So he keeps his distance and wears his mask in the car. And I'm of the mindset he's really worried about me, the good friend that he is. He's afraid he's going to give it to me. But as I said to him, Darren, I'm probably going to everybody's. I'm pro- I'm going to get it somewhere along the line. So. I, I'm not that concerned about does, it. I, I, well, I'm you not. shouldn't be. But does part no. of you want to maybe say, "Hey, Darren, just come over here, lick this spoon, let me have yeah. it." <laughs> and, uh, no, you know, let me get some COVID. No. Let me get the COVID now mm-hmm. and just get it out of the way. But I'm the same way. And unless I start feeling bad, I'm not going to test myself until I just before I go in the house to make sure I don't have it for Delise because yeah. that's that will be a whole other issue. Well, no, I was going to say you might want to test. Just take a test before yeah. you go home, just so you can show doll. Look, doll, yes. I'm okay. Or I might have it. Who knows? Yeah. I might. You know, uh, again, you know, being the responsible citizens we are, we've all had all our shots, all four of them. So. You know, Darren's uh, symptoms are very mild. And who knows? Maybe I have it right now. And if I do, I'm always a little bit congested in the morning. Yeah, Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. We hawk and hack. Um, uh, I've had... uh, Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, have you you made a pact with Darren not to be loud? Because he tends to be quite loud and then would, you know, broadcast... Spray. He's, uh, no. he's dropping uh, <laughs> shedding virus by yelling yee yee like you can't Dan? tell you can't tell me Fred that when he was doing this hang on when he was doing this don't tell me there wasn't virus going everywhere it's funny Dan it's funny you say that because Sunday he was quite he was rattled and I understand that yeah but then yesterday after we talked about you know our options and even Darren's wife said you know relax he even went to the ball game last night but sat out way over by himself and <laughs> just one with a man huh? <laughs> lonely oh, one lo- lone guy in the COVID section <laughs> that's funny he was <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good 
Anyway, well, um, we're going to talk to Darren a little bit later when he wakes up. Oh, yeah. But I think Dan makes a good point and asks the question. Cause this is Darren's behavior a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty but dynamic. Again, he, yes. Now he's probably, I bet if he tested today, he's probably fine. You know, uh, you, well, you never and know. I mean, with, they I say mean, three to five days or something. Right. right? So he tested Sunday. It's only Tuesday. No, he tested. Well, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, right. But he could have had it for a while before that. Right. You know? Who knows? Um, well, who knows how that works? Um, what else was I going to say? Well, uh, do you want to start the show? Or yeah, while you think about show, yeah. what you want to say? Well, I've covered all that. Yes, all right. Okay. So uh, just to review. No one took out an AR-15 and started strafing the crab party. No. 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 You're safe. We went, we went to one gun shop. We went to get some ice, and this place that sold ice sold guns, too. So. Of course it did. <laughs> Let's get a bag of guns. Uh, all right. thought, John thought it was an AR-15, but it was a shotgun that looks like an AR-15, so I guess for the novelty of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, honestly, this is this this is not Florida. You'd swear you were in Florida sometimes with the yeah. beautiful waterways and the yachts and the restaurants on the water and all this stuff. You would think you were in you know in Florida in February. This is really a really nice area. Well, I looked yeah. it up as Dan did. It's Kent Island. It, yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it, but you can sort of see where it is. It's sort of it's like uh, it's an island. Is it south of Baltimore? South uh, west of Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, I something like that. Pinpoint, I don't know. Okay, all I know is you go, you're in Baltimore, and then you're in Annapolis, and then you take this long bridge over to Kent Island. Amazing. Well, very nice. You're very lucky. You know what? You're very lucky. As are we. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake, and from Kent Island, south of Annapolis, somewhere around Baltimore in America. America! And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who are used to heat warnings because all the ladies talk about how hot they are. Yeah, man. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, Freddie was uh, saying, Dan, it's very warm uh, in uh, Kent Island. You know, the last three or four days here, I was telling Fred that the red strip of doom has been announcing a heat index warning. And uh, today the uh, humidity festival seems to have moved on. How is it at Lovesick Lake? Same thing. It's yeah, like it's a nice. bit, uh, chillier with a, you know, a bit of a wind, and uh, yeah, it's come down a little bit. Yeah, it's like the first time in recent memory, I don't know about you guys, that I can recall that, uh, I, can re- that I can recall there being no um, humidity. Like, I actually went outside with Stan, and I was like, ooh, there's, this, there's something we haven't you know, felt for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I got all sad because it's August, you know. <laughs> I know it's weird, isn't it? Like it is weird. Yeah, time passages, my friends. We're, yeah, yeah, and the thing is, we're just a week away from that little bit of August tinge mm-hmm. that leans into fall. That's you know? right. The yeah. leaves change. the The light looks different on the leaves. They sort of look mm-hmm. a little bit champagne-y, you know, that kind of shimmering. Mm-hmm. The summer. Haze is gone. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the forecast around here overnight or uh, like coming up on Friday, it's going to get down to six degrees. So, yeah, really, yeah. What you're saying, the overnight? Well, because the, 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 the daytime temperatures for the next six or seven days, just nothing nice. but fantastic. It's just sunny and mid to late 20s with, you know, less humidity. Mm-hmm. I felt like my aunt the last couple of days because uh, I had two aunts that whenever the weather really got hot, that their ankles puffed up a bit. And my ankles actually were a bit swollen the past couple of days. So of course I'm looking online like what's the matter with me? What's the matter with me? And it said it's it, it's common for people sure. depending on this yeah. or that. <clears throat> but I'm looking down at my ankles and I'm thinking I can't see the veins in the top of my feet. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't ever do I don't that. I, don't <laughs> I, I you know what? I've got a lot of stuff wrong with me as you both know, but mm-hmm. puffy ankles. I've avoided that so far. Well, Seriously, it's like it, you talk about unsettling. It's like, yes. my goodness, there's just, maybe there's something wrong with me. But apparently it's not that big a deal because generally I don't have that problem. I don't seem to have any problem. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But I'm telling you, hot. Like today is supposed to be 98 here, 98 degrees. And that's not even the with the Humidex. That's right. 98, 98. I, I do want to get back to you Googling puffy ankles, though, because it's funny. Anytime the joke being, you know, anytime you Google anything medical, it just it comes back cancer. So I'm yes. just wondering, it's like, you know, you put in swollen ankles, ankle cancer. Yes. You, you know, uh, my feet are a little bit uh, puffy. Ankle cancer. Uh, but I'm glad. To, yeah, it's, it's probably there's a, a name for that. It's not an edema, but it's, uh, you know, you're, you know, are you drinking enough water, Fred? Howard, I drank so much water at the baseball game last night. You know, I don't get up to pee anymore. Yeah, but yeah. I probably I get up a couple of times to pee in the night because I was just guzzling water from about eight o'clock to eleven thirty. Yeah, I just remember what I did on Sunday. Well, I was in a golf tournament, and uh, it was feels like 44 where I was in the Niagara area. I must have drank conservatively three liters of water over the course of the afternoon, maybe even more. Wow. Wow. Never peed once. Didn't pee until I got home. That's how. You, and the thing is, becoming dehydrated is a very subtle thing. You don't know if you are until you, you know, until it's too late. So you have to... Maybe that's why your ankles got all puffy. You were drinking so much water. Yeah, and again, they're fine. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Even this morning. Mm. Just a little puffy. Weird. Mm. <laughs> a, little, a little angle. You know, and that's sad, too, because as we've all said, your ankles are really one of your greatest features. <laughs> yeah. We've said <laughs> yeah, that. Everyone, sure. Everyone's <clears throat> always going on. You know, Fred's got a very attractive ankle. But usually my feet have like big veins sticking out of the top. Yes, they Yes, they do. That's what makes them. You know what? That's what gives them. Hardly (laughs) see. That's what makes them so attractive. Um, I uh, picked out this song as I called this morning's show F R E D in the U S A. Here we go. I uh, I wanted to share with you too. I can't remember if I told you this or I posted it. Did I tell you guys about having a nap at Sobeys? <laughs> I no. saw that on the post, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see that? Yeah, I did. I thought, oh, That's a true story. A after my own heart, yeah. That is a true story. Yeah. And then it reminded me of something that happened on the way home from visiting you two, and I'm not sure I shared that with you. Ooh. So I'll, I'll, let me do the uh, Sobeys part first, and then I'll circle back. 
right to the uh, visit with you guys. I was coming home the other day, and I guess I was coming home from golf, because that's what I do every day. I mean, on occasion. And uh, I was going to go to Sobeys to pick up some stuff, and then, because Spencer is back from Europe, by the way, and they had a great time. And... I thought, oh, I'll get some stuff to make sure I've got some food when Spencer is staying with me now for a few days. And I thought, okay, I'll go to Sobeys and I'll come home and have a nap. And I got to the Sobeys parking lot. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to have a nap before I go in. And I did. I laid down and I put the seat back in my car. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon ish. Mm -hmm. And I closed my eyes, Dan. For about 20 yeah. minutes, just like you taught mm-hmm. me. The yeah. Dan 20-minute uh, nap protocol. Dan, remind everyone, you, it's, it's either 20 minutes or what is your, what's the rules of it's napping? 20, 25 minutes to, or an hour and a half, but not any less than that. So, yeah. Because then you get into deep REM state, and then you're, uh, you haven't benefited because your body's now groggy. Right. So, yeah. so I went with the 25-minute version. And uh, when I sort of stopped sleeping or what I, I you know I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure I went to sleep you know that kind of thing you're sleeping in the parking lot so you know and then I, I pulled the seat up and then there's someone had come and parked beside me and I just they were just getting out of the car I'm like I wonder if they saw me napping in my car <laughs> no doubt they did anyway and then That's I remember I choose, I choose roadside for that I mean some sort of uh, Private street You know With a tree or something And that's what I usually get So I left uh, Your lake uh, area Just uh, in the early afternoon On a Thursday And we had all gotten up Really early that day The three of us were up uh, Like 6.30 in the morning Having coffee mm-hmm. In Fred's had a room And talking And so I was coming I went I guess it's Highway 28 And that takes you to the 115.35 Mm-hmm. And there is a, uh, and then what you do is I, I go south and then I, I get on the 407 and head west. And so I, st- I started to get sleepy. And I thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way home. So just before I got on the 407, I saw a sign that said carpool parking. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> I, didn't, I, can't rem- I can't believe I didn't tell you guys this. So I pull off the road and have a carpool parking lot nap. For about 20, 25 minutes now. Oh, oh yeah. See? Nice, <laughs> nice uh, nap management there. Oh, man. Because if you got on the 407, then you'd have to pull off. I would have had to pull off the 407. Charge, yeah. An extra charge for getting back on again, right? And it's funny because I was playing in this tournament yesterday, with, and one of the guys in my group was 70. Really good golfer. Like, he's, he's told me how many... He shoots his age, like, every year. Like, he's really, really good. But at mm-hmm. one point, we were playing 27 holes. It's not a, the usual. But at about the 22-hole mark, he says to me, I don't know about you, but I could use a nap now. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. He's like... I said, let's do it. Let's let the guys behind us go through and just close our eyes for 20 minutes. In your golf carts? Or In our little golf carts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we did get some rain here yesterday, though, for a little bit. I got poured on a couple times. Well, of course, we. What would this show be without a weather report? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? We just did all. All we've done is weather. Uh, anyway, um, no, I just I forgot. I completely had forgotten about the uh, the nap after I left your house. Hey, were you guys surprised about Olivia Newton-John passing away? No, she's been ill for a long time. Yeah. 
I really haven't followed her much since. Yeah. Uh, She's been battling cancer for a long time. Right. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, many oh, seasons. She's, she's been uh, at it many seasons now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she passed away age 73 or something, I heard. 70 something. Yeah, 73 years old. Boy, and we were talking the fellas yesterday about how hot she was in oh, yeah. Greece and Oh yeah. I always had well, who didn't? Because she was a combination of beautiful and cute. Yeah, yeah. And and Australian. Sweet and sweet and petite. Which always seemed very exotic, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Um the cover of the album, this is the one where she's got the sweatband on, I'm looking at it now. And then mm-hmm. she's dancing. This was during the aerobics craze of the eighties. Right. The 20 minute workout and all that. I was going to ask you, what is your. Uh, do you have a physical. I'm sorry, you have a physical. Do you have a uh, favorite uh, Olivia Newton uh, John song? Who are you asking, Dan? Anyone. <laughs> Just anyone. <laughs> Does anyone have one? Is that one's Let's Get Physical, right? This is uh, Let's Get Physical, yes. Right. Um, here are some of your choices. Yeah, I would. I would need choices. You're I the one that I want. No. Hopelessly devoted to you. Oh, right. Because I used to dream she was singing that to me. Did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, and you're probably thinking, if only you were thinking, if only she could see these ankles. <laughs> so there's this song. Uh, hopefully, hopelessly devoted to you from the knees up. <laughs> uh, this one uh, there, uh, uh, There's uh, magic you, There's uh, twist I, What's that Dan? I honestly love you Yes You know what Oh right um, that, that, that one I played over yeah. and over and over again You played this when you were working at an adult station I guess yeah. I actually like this song You know what would make yeah. this song even better? Oh, oh, do that. Wait. It's actually a good song. I like this song. Uh, so there's this, and then the final uh, one uh, in the Olivia Newton John. This was not bad. Uh, this was a big hit, too, on AC Radio Adult Contemporary. You probably heard this on your CHFIs and maybe CKFM before it switched formats. Yeah. And now you'd hear it on Boom 97.3, Olivia Newton-John. There was a time when I was What you won't hear is Olivia Newton- Pardon me. This <laughs> sounds like an angel. Yeah. You, 
Uh, there you have it, our uh, touching tribute to uh, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, yes, and we're not mocking. It's a celebration of life, actually, what we're doing right now. Um, did you see that story over the weekend? Very interesting, and I think a lot more people are going to do this. <clears throat> there was a guy in Exeter, Ontario, which is in southwestern Ontario. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It was being treated, and the doctor said to him, listen, it's spread, and it's really inoperable, and there's nothing we can do for you. You have about two months to live or something. So he put a party together with all his buddies and literally called it his funeral, and he was there. Isn't that great? No, it was fantastic, and they said about 750 people. He was really well-loved in the area, showed up, and they apparently they had food and bands and music, and everybody said a few words, and he got to enjoy it all. And he died about nine days after the party. Isn't that oh, great? Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a way to go. Huh? It's a great way to go. No, it really is. You know, that really is great. a celebration of life mm-hmm. while there still is life in the in the, in the person. Yeah, yeah. T- exactly. Life to be celebrated. I bet you there wasn't a dry eye in the place, but that would be part of the... Uh, Part of the event, why you'd want to do it, to actually see people. Hey, yeah. people actually like to me. Look at that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, you know. He's just, I'm, not, I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy. Look at there that. is a risk to that, though. Well, no, there? I, I, there is a risk. Like, what if people get drunk and then you get into a bit of a, you know, you start arguing with mm-hmm. the guy mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, because there's probably like historic beefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, p- people are having a good time, but invariably later in the night you get drunk and all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's like an argument. It's like, oh, fuck you. And then fuck you. And then the guy is yeah, I'm going to die. And then, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it wrecks everything. Yeah. Um, and you got to be pretty confident people are showing up because it may not be a great celebration if, you know. Yeah, wouldn't that suck you there going, boy, I thought we expected 150. There's only 30 people. <laughs> what are we going to do with all the? What are we going to do with all this shrimp? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice reminder, though, that, you know, you're having a, an effect on people if you put together a party like that, a chance for everyone to, to show how, how much affection they have for you. Which brings me to this uh, email, Fred. No, hang on a second. I know. If I had a mouse, I wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. If, if I only had, had a mouse. mouse. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, and we'll do this, and then we'll start the show. Uh, this is from uh, one of our listeners. Uh, and I won't say his name just because of the content. Uh, but I'll just pass on this note that I, I thought was very nice. I'm, so, I'm not sure if you saw this. Hey, guys. You made me laugh when I really needed it. This came in uh, yesterday. I lost my dad on Sunday. It was a bad day. I had a couple of episodes of your show to catch up on. So during the drive home from my parents' house, you guys briefly pulled me out of the sadness. So thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. I've been a listener since your days on the edge. You made me laugh during my angry teenage years and continue to do so during my angry middle-aged years. (laughs) I look forward to laughing with you for years to come. All the best. Isn't that sweet? Yes. And why even though... You, why did you not want to use his name? Well, I thought maybe he, he wouldn't want everyone to... Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, should I use his name? Well, but, but not if you don't want to. No, I, I just, just, I just thought, well, maybe... Didn't I? I don't know. Well, his name's Ed. How about Eddie. That? Eddie. 
Thanks, Ed. It's very nice of Ed to say that, and uh, you know, we feel it's very nice uh, that you know this nonsense is appreciated by somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say. I can only imagine what uh, Olivia Newton John's family will think of <laughs> our touching tribute to Olivia. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. Uh, I don't know. Olivia Newton John. All right. We'll get caught, too caught up in that. You know what I mean? Death is death. And if you have a little fun around it, we didn't say anything disparaging whatsoever. Had a little fun. And that's all there is to it. So oh, I uh, feel so guilty. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for talking me off. <laughs> Of the guilty ledge. Uh, Dan Duran's news will be on this program today. So is a very special guest. I don't know how many Order of Canada winners that we've had. I know one in particular, famously, we insulted. But we're not doing that with this one. This is a uh, very accomplished human being. Stacey Allister is the U.S. Open Tournament Director. Uh, Her resume is amazing. U.S. She's the she's the chief executive of professional tennis. The USTA's chief executive was named U.S. Tournament U.S. Open Tournament Director. I mean, this woman's in charge. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things, but most recently was given the Order of Canada, and Stacy's going to be our guest. We're also going to talk to some fine GoDaddy people, and we're going to get your buddies who are on that trip with you mm-hmm. uh, later in the show. Ivor and uh, COVID Darren mm-hmm. are going to uh, join us, but first, let's talk about these fine folks. Would you uh, Would you like me to step in here? Or you oh, got I'm some sorry, stuff? Yes. I'm sorry, ha- Howard. I just got had a little blip here. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, retirement Sherpa. Tim Nimblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim is your guy. You know, if you have a portfolio and you want somebody to have a second look at it, yeah, Tim's your guy. No obligation. Uh, really, no strings attached. He'll give you the straight goods. If you're on the right course, he'll tell you. Stick with your guy. Uh, but then again, if you're off the rails, he'll uh, point out the problems, and then it's up to you. You can take on the retirement Sherpa. Tim, licensed on both sides of the border. He's uh Tim Niblett. He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah, very good. Uh, You know, you've heard us talk about the Chamber plan for some time now. And we've been involved with this company for several years, first as a client, and now they've been a client of ours for some time. And uh, one of the reasons we're so excited about them is as a small business, that's us, you know, we're able to provide insurance, and that's the, the whole point of the Chamber Plan, is to provide small businesses, uh, companies between 1 and 100, with group benefit plans, which is, again, you know, we've spoke about this in several different ways, and, and all I can tell you is, you know, now's the daisies, you know, in order to attract, to attract employees, you've got to give them something extra. And, and a lot of smaller companies don't think they can afford group insurance and the whole point about this is that it's pooled so that the premiums are low uh it's very reasonable please check it out get a free quote chamberplan.ca chambers of commerce group insurance plan uh serving uh, the community and uh you know and us 
So thank you very much. Chambers of Commerce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just re- I was reading that and your note at the same time. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you for your service, Chamber Plan. Oh man. Um, Dan Duran sent me. Uh, I guess I was going to say. I, I there's so much stuff to get to, and when we, when we don't do very many shows, there's like a buildup of material. Right. Tomorrow, uh, what we will do, I promise, is there's a bunch of other emails. I wanted to read that one because it was timely. Ed's father passed away, and it was a very nice note to sort of bring us you know, back from uh, another three or four days off. We're going to do two days this week. Next week, we're off again. I know, but just over the course, I just want to say this, you know, and I, I, again, feeling guilty. Over the course of the 12 months we do this show, from the sort of middle of July to the middle of August, we're not on very much. You probably know that by now, and this is going to be the same this year. And so after next week, I think it's pretty much sort of a regular schedule. We'll go back to uh, four days a week after Labor Day. And if I do get into the Canadian senior amateur, which I don't think I am because I didn't qualify this year, um, we have a week scheduled in September, but I, I probably won't need it. So basically, after next week, it'll just be Humble and Fred, all the Humble and Fred you want, all the time. Um, so that's a little housekeeping. Now, before Stacy comes on, we've got about 10 minutes. The right-wing media in the States is going bananas today. Because, and, and I and I had heard about these documents being shredded and flushed down the toilet. But you, uh, maybe you can take the lead here. The FBI raided Donald Trump's home. Yeah, I mean, from what I can gather, they took out 15 boxes of uh, documents that apparently maybe shouldn't have been at Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. And within those documents, maybe there's some January 6th stuff. They also uh, sent a safe cracker in there, and uh, they opened some safes, and what they got out of there, who knows. Uh, But yeah, 30 of them just converged on... Uh, Trump's home and uh, left with a bunch of documents and going forward I guess we'll just have to sit back and see what it all means but as it was explained many times last night for the FBI to do that on the direction of the government or whatever uh, they must have something you don't do that unless you got a pretty solid case because if you don't you just look even more foolish um but as you say, the right-wing media is going crazy this morning, Fox News. Last night on the way over to the ball game, we were listening to Fox News on Sirius XM, and it was, it was actually funny. Like, they're just going crazy. Uh, the FBI is now the KGB. Uh, Joe Biden wants to destroy democracy. Oh, yeah. Ne- and not, not once did they ever entertain the idea that there might be something there. Of course, they won't even go there. Well, that's what I want to just pause there for a second. Is that's the thing I wanted because you brought that up, and I thought it's, it's it's so symbolic of the entire time he's been in office. There's never mm-hmm. a consideration from anybody on that side, and and we've pointed this out. You pointed it out before the show. If you go mm-hmm. to CNN, they're basically saying, "Hey, this happened, and there better be a good reason." Or yes, they and, are. and there wouldn't, and and there and one thing that CNN did. 
that Fox didn't do is explain why this is something presidents don't do. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, and to be fair, you'd think they would say the reason there is a well there. They would put somebody would at least say, well, the reason they would do it is that presidents aren't supposed to flush documents down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And again, you got to let it all play out. Like, yeah, it's unprecedented. They did this to a, a president, but his behavior has been unprecedented, uh, you know, during his time as president and afterwards. Right. So what's the big surprise here? And again, they must have something. There's something there in order for them to take this very drastic, again, unprecedented move. And on CNN, again, I, and I, listen, I don't even want... When people group CNN with Fox, it's just ridiculous. Because CNN, again, last night, straight up the middle, it's like, wow, they must... If, if they've done this, they must have something. They better have something, or this is going to look ridiculous. If they do have... If they do have something here, these are the consequences. We're on Fox. It was just, you know, it was all personal. They just raided it because they don't want them to run again in 2024. Yeah. Uh, but again, not for one second will they even entertain the idea that maybe he did do something wrong. Don't you want to know? Like, Yeah. And, and shouldn't you give some background to the reporting? But, you know, something just occurred to me and. And I want to run it by you. You know, in a weird way, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, Fox News, Matt Gates, uh, McCarthy, all these people, in a weird way, they're actually using Donald Trump because they're all, except for her, somewhat intelligent enough to know that there is some fuckery about. They mm-hmm. know that. They also know very very intimately especially mccarthy knows you're not supposed to do that with documents yet they're all their their whole twitter feed is i stand with president trump Mm -hmm. like they're anything like this they seize it for political gain they know it's not right and like i said in a weird way they use trump because Mm -hmm. this just fires up their base Mm -hmm. and as you've pointed out and I agree with uh, and I share with others that these aren't people that love their country. These are people mm-hmm. that love winning in politics. Yes. It's not for the advancement. And again, not to get too deep into the weeds about this, you know, uh, act that they're about to pass in Congress potentially this week. But anything that the Democrats do that is a proposal for the betterment of the country, they have to shoot down because they're not concerned with the betterment of the country. They're mm-hmm. just concerned with winning this race that they're in. Yeah. Yep. Um, but like, again, let the system play out. And listen, the, so far, Trump's in pretty good position. They've gone out after him on several levels and have come up with nothing so far. To the point of aggravation for those of us who would like to see the guy, you know, brought down. You know, if you add this to it, where nothing comes from this. I know. You know, that whole martyr thing is something to be concerned with. But I, I again, I, I can't see anybody who's on the fence right now or up the middle or whatever. This being a reason if Trump is found not to have anything and he, you know, and he slithers out of this one again, uh, you know, siding with him because of this, you know, 
it's just, I'll tell you, the fall is going to be amazing uh, with the uh, midterms. And then the, the the two years after that, <laughs> it's just going to, because oh, you yeah. know now, like he pretty much said yesterday, he's running. Yeah. But see, that's part of the thing, too. If he's found guilty on any any level with these documents, he can't run. It's in the Constitution or something. Or there's a law or something that he's not allowed to run. Right. So. Well, and I, I mean, you know, potentially we're both going to, you know, be alive for the next couple of years. And it will be fascinating. Um, it's funny. I can't remember one of the right wing nuts was tweeting about, you know, this vendetta against, yeah. you know, a vendetta. I, I, I mean, they, he he. This riot, they, you know, they, they look at they, they they're so quick. They just want to get past this January sixth thing. Um, mm-hmm. But let's get to uh, Stacy because she's standing by here. And Stacy, of course, are, will be our gig sky guest of the day. I, I, I was when I mentioned all the uh, things that Stacy is noted for. Mm-hmm. What I didn't mention is that she is uh, dear dear friends with one of my best friends and a friend of the show, Jeff Lumby, Jeff and Julie. And uh, uh, years ago, I had occasion to, you know, see Stacy and socially. I I, pro- I can't remember; it was so long ago. But I, I'm sure I did something. But let's, <laughs> let's I'm sure there was some awkwardness. But uh, <laughs> Stacy Allister, as I mentioned earlier in the show, it has had such an impact on the world of tennis. But we're very very excited to to welcome you to our show. Hi, Stacy. It's Howard. How are you? Hi, Howard. Hey, Fred. Long time, guys. Yeah, man. Stacy, good to see you. Stacy, I I mentioned just uh, because we had spoken about you earlier in the show, and I just mentioned that you're friends with Jeff and Julie. Have you been to France yet? Haven't been yet, but we are going the last week of September. Oh, (laughs) it's quite the summer that Lumby's got because he's got people scheduled. I think he's got some people there now, but I'm going a few weeks after you. I'll be there about about the third. Imagine Lumby (laughs) scheduling all of these. I know. He's oh, going to be grumpy by the time he gets to you, Howard. <laughs> oh, wow. that, it's funny you say that because it's like, he, this is all he has to do now. It's like Lumby B&B, right? Airbnb. Lumby. Uh, well, anyway, so let's get right to this. I just want to get, I don't want to, this isn't like a, uh, a 60 Minutes interview, but I do want to give some background <laughs> yes. that like you were involved with tennis um, as an, but for, first as a, as a player, but then as, a, as an advocate and a um, an executive, just take us back. Where, where, what was your first big one? Was it um, like you were the president of the W2A? Just to give us some background on your on your tennis yeah, sure. uh, career. Well, we got to be very clear for your listeners. I was never a player. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to be a player, so I was a really good, uh, you know, community tennis club player and uh, played the juniors. <clears throat> Julie was actually a very, very good naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julie. Jeff's wife, right. So, you know, I love the sport. And after I graduated from Western, uh, moved to the big city. And uh, I got a job at the Ontario Tennis Association. And from there, I got into Tennis Canada. So I ran uh, with Don right now, the National Bank Open. was no, formerly known as the Rogers Cup. Mm-hmm. I was with Tennis Canada for 15 years. And from there, uh, I launched to the international stage where I was the chairman and CEO of the WTA Tour. That's like the league for women's pro tennis, 55 events in 33 countries, representing just over 1,000 athletes. And uh, that was a good 28-year run. 
And I thought I was done with tennis. I was going to do something else and pivot. And the USTA came knocking. And they said, we want you to run pro tennis in the U.S., including the U.S. Open. So for a little kid from a little country with limited tennis talent <clears throat> who, you know, watched the U.S. Open growing up, said, would you like to come and run it? And I said, yeah, that would be wonderful. And, and, to, and to give us some context, when you're, when you're the uh, U.S. TA's chief executive of professional oh, pro tennis, yep. pro, that's men and women. Oh yeah, yes, and, yes, and, yes, yes, and yes. just and, and like, like you know, I love golf, so I, I know that the tournament directors of these tournaments are dedicated to promoting a single event. But as as the CEO or the chief executive, you were running tennis, but you were also the tournament director of the U.S. Open. Isn't that a lot on your plate? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we uh, good good stock growing up in Canada. We know yeah. how to work hard. Uh, like it's a big portfolio, no question. But um, the secret ingredient is hiring really talented uh, people and uh, just inspiring them and empowering them to let them do their job. So, um, <clears throat> you know, running the portfolio outside of the open, you know, for me, my job's really to to coach them, guide them, you know. Give them some oversight, but they they get on with it. At the U.S. Open, this is, you cannot believe how large this event is. It's the largest annual sporting event in the world. Uh, 850,000. Like, this is annual. This isn't isn't once every four years. Right. Um, So there's 11,000 people that work here a day. 25,000 credentials. We're here for, I'm here now. So I don't leave here now until September 14th. And I'm, excuse me, Stacey, this, I'm sorry, where is here? Are you in New York? I'm in New York, yeah. I'm okay. at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, where the U.S. Open is held. Okay. And you'll yeah. be there for the rest of the month? Yeah, until till the tournament ends, September that, the 12th. Is that Flushing Meadow? That is Flushing Meadow. Right? Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so continue. Yeah, so, and, and by the way, just to also put some context around this for Stacey, Stacey's the first woman to hold the position of U.S. Open Tournament Director? That's right. In 140 years that they've been playing this tournament. I know. And, and, I, and I, by the way, I do want to apologize, sort of like, because I have daughters, and, you know, the fact that we're, oh, my God, this is so exciting that a woman's doing this. It's, it's, I don't want you to please understand it. I don't want that to seem condescending or whatever. It just seems, mm-hmm. it is remarkable, but it shouldn't be, but it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be, but it, it is what it is. Um, I say to everyone, I may be the first, but I'm not going to be the last. Yes. And, you know, part of my, let's say, goal, person, my purpose is to use um, the portfolio and uh, the ability uh, to make decisions to pull the next generation of women through the pipeline, because that's where we're stuck. You know, and <clears throat> this this stage gives me that um, platform to do so. And, um, you know, just it's one of those breaking the glass ceiling uh, mm-hmm. moments uh, for the USTA and, and for this sport. And you were very instrumental in getting equal pay, equal pay, equal prize money for women at the at the Grand Slam events. Um, 
Which is really remarkable when you think about it, because uh, traditionally women don't get paid the same as men in a lot of. Yeah, they certainly like, they certainly don't on the LPGA tour versus well, the PGA tour and most other sports. So that was quite an achievement. When that comes down, is there any pushback from the guys like saying, "Hey, we play uh, you know best of five, and they only play best of three, and any pushback that way, or were the men totally into it? Well, this is maybe a, just a little history. So the U.S. Open mm-hmm. started paying equal prize money in 1973. Hmm. Okay. So we'll celebrate the 50th anniversary next year. Wow. Which, mm-hmm. is, which is amazing. When, um, Australia came on board in 2001, and we finally got a Wimbledon and Roland Garros. That was where uh, I led that campaign with David Shoemaker, another Canadian, um, in 2007. And what I'll say today that, you know, from a societal perspective, across any industry, we're still lagging that women and minorities mm-hmm. are marginalized and not compensated equally. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. We could take any industry almost and find that metric. So um, the nice thing about our sport it is men and women combined. The largest events in the in our sport are combined with equal prize money. And again, as Billy would say, I'm in her house. Mm. Um, it's not about the money; it's about the message. Right. We're all equal. And look, at, we go to a movie that might be an hour and a half or three hours. We don't pay more. No, exactly. For the three hour show or the one and a half hour show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you that last year's broadcast ratings for Leila Fernandez's and Emma Raducanu's final was higher rated than the men's final. So it ebbs and it flows. You know, the great thing is <clears throat> the men and women in tennis, I think are amongst the finest athletes in the world. It's interesting you say that because the women, there's some great characters or personalities or whatever you want to say. You know, I've talked to, to Howard about this back in the day with Bjorn Borg and uh, Jimmy Connors. And, now you're uh, really dating yourself. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but, <laughs> hey, Stacey, we're very old, but this is what we think about all the time. Uh, don't worry. I grew up <laughs> loving Borg, too. No, but, the, Stacey, those personalities were so strong and so abrupt and so Agassiz, nasty such, at yeah, times yeah. that it brought a lot of mainstream or casual um, fans to the game to, to, to watch it on television. I I don't hear people reference it the same way nowadays So because of two, that. Two uh, responses to that. I think in the, in the 80s, um, there wasn't the same level of competition in sport for tennis. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a beacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there was the NFL. You know, I don't remember as a kid, but baseball would be big. NBA basketball wasn't wasn't there, and it was a spotlight. And these four Grand Slams were very very historic. And tennis in the eighties had that. It was cool. It was the country club, right? And uh, so all of that, I think, gave the sport an enormous spotlight with some incredible athletes with and Johnny and Bjorn yeah, and a- athletes that were also characters and part of the <laughs> cultural and reference and they were characters yeah. and they were polar opposites right that's yes, what we as yes. sports fans like yeah exactly there was kind of the good and bad and the they want the the the, the good guy and the bad guy they right. want that rivalry the outrageous we personality rivalry, right 
Yeah. So, look, we had Agassiz. Um, <clears throat> and today, uh, oddly, the, Nick Kyrgios is the one that sort of fans are loving, and he would be outside of the, the classical mold. Right. Um, so, But I was going to say something about women's tennis. You know, having just, I, I love that movie. Um, what's the one with uh, Will Smith about the uh, Williams? Okay, I mean, like, the, oh, it's funny. The, how the, crazy the, was that? Um, was that it's so good. Um, yeah. But the Williams sisters, as a reference in tennis, you know, of the last 10 or 15 years, that's certainly kept tennis, in my mind, uh, in the spotlight. But I want to talk to you a little bit about, too, you know, with with you know, in, in golf, you know, the Tiger Woods era is obviously past now. In tennis, Federer and Nadal, like the big Grand Slam winners, their time is about to end. So, give us some names that you gave us. One, like who should we be watching for now? Sure, well, on the on the guys' side, they've arrived. You know, it goes in it cycles, and we we wait for the next generation to stand on the shoulders of. Of the others, they arrived last in last year. So you know Medvedev, mm-hmm. who's our U.S. Open champion, uh, number one in the world right now. You have uh, Alexander Zerov from Germany. You have the uh, Sissipas from Greece. A guy named Berrettini. Uh, we have obviously Felix and Dennis from from our country. Um, Others that are having some, a breakthrough, you, Christopher uh, Rude. So they're not household names yet. Mm-hmm. Roger Federer wasn't a household name in 2002 no. when I was the tournament director in Canada. Yeah. Does tennis need a big mouth American on the men's side? Uh, it would be fantastic to have a male <laughs> uh, win a Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, we're, we're missing that. We've, look, we have 20 women in the top 100. Um, and obviously, we've had the greatest player of all time, men or women, Serena Williams. Yes. Hands down, she has been the Amazing, best in huh? our history. Yeah. And the men, we have 16 guys who will play the main draw uh, of this U.S. Open. Uh, highest rank is uh, Taylor Fritz, close 10. He's on the doorstep. And then a, a name to, to keep an eye on is uh, Sebastian Corda. His dad was a tennis player and his mom. Played the Canadian Open, and his uh, and his uh, sisters are two of the best. His sisters are two of the best golfers on the planet. Correct, Nelly and uh, Jessica. 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 In fact, Nelly Corda, I believe, this is quite a family. It's quite a family. Nelly Corda, I think, is the number one woman in in uh, on the LPGA or close. But uh, it's amazing, Stacy. I'm not sure, Fred's even, Maybe you haven't heard, but but and that's their brother, the the kid that you're talking yes. about. Yes, oh, that, so there's yeah. three of them. So they're all going to be here. The whole family's going to be here to cheer on Sebastian. Sebastian's the real deal as well. So it certainly would be nice in this market. You know, you this is the winning market. You know, if you don't win, mm-hmm. you're not really getting the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of pressure on any athlete. But um, I do think that we will have an American male Grand Slam champion in the next, hopefully, Within a year, I hope. Yeah. Hopefully a Canadian in the near future. Oh, um, my God. Last year, Felix mm-hmm. was Felix yep. was so close. Yeah. Everyone is everyone has, has said for many years that Felix is a top 10 player and he'll win a slam. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's working with Rafael Nadal's coach 
says a lot mm-hmm. because uh, Uncle Tony was retired. Mm-hmm. He was in Majorca running the Nadal Academy. The fact that he came out of retirement to coach our Felix says a lot about what uh, everyone sees in him. And he is just an incredible uh, young man, a great ambassador for our sport. All of the Canadians are, from Dennis to Bianca to Leila. Uh, it's terrific to, to to be able to watch them. Everything in my life came from tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. started well, in Canadian tennis. Well, that scene at the end of the U.S. Open a couple of years ago when Andrescu was lying on the court after oh. she won was... How did that do anything but send, uh, you know, shivers up your spine? It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, one of, Stacey, um, are you involved with the Novak Djokovic uh, uh, vaccine uh, uh, situation? Or like, do you have, are you involved in that? And where are they at with that? Is he coming or can he come? Or I, I'm, I'm, I haven't heard. Well, Novak. Um, Novak, yeah. Get into our country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a federal law. He he can play the U.S. Open. We do not have a right. vaccination policy for the athletes. They don't need to be vaccinated, nor do their their teams. But since when Biden took office, he he established a new proclamation that non-citizens entering the country must be vaccinated. Uh, I, I know that Novak is still trying. Uh, you know, we support his personal efforts to do that. We, as the national sport governing body, the pro leagues, we're no longer permitted to ask the government for exemptions. So individuals have to do that. And I know his, he and his team are are talking um, between uh, with, with the government. So we'll see. So he wasn't you- able to play uh, the National Bank Open. Right. We've got the Western and Southern Open next week in Cincinnati. So everybody, everything is sort of just on on hold. And so, but that, but Fred asked a good question. I think does that, does, did that situation that was so in the news did that come across your purview as in your job? Is that something you had to, you know, yeah, is that a file you had to more, obs- more time in geopolitical matters and mm-hmm. crisis management? Um, when we think about the last three years with COVID mitigating the risk, we staged. We were the first international event in the world, not just tennis to stage uh, an event with 750 international people coming into the country in 2020 to reboot this entire industry. Uh, Look, the situation in in Ukraine, the war, that's across my my portfolio. The Russian, Belarusian athletes going to be allowed to compete. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is a tennis event going on here. There's teams of people who take care of the functional areas, and and Mm -hmm. my area is... Definitely wow. very, very much strategic communications, crisis management, relationship I, building, making sure the athletes have a good time. And as you pointed with the Djokovic thing, it's like it's cut and dried. Sorry, that's the, that's the law. I mean, really, there's not a lot to talk about. I, I see where that's you're coming from. It, yep. This is out of our hands. Mm-hmm. It's a U.S. federal law. Yep. Uh, hey, Stacey Allister. Uh, there's so many things uh, you've been given the sports media uh, Canada executive of the year, the wise woman of the year, sports business journal game changer. In 2015, Stacy was commended by the International Tennis Hall of Fame and was just recognized with the Order of Canada. Jeez. When what? Is, so all those other things are amazing, but how do you get? Is that a phone call? Is it a tweet? Is it a text? 
Well, does somebody come to your door? How do you find out? Just take us through the uh, day you, that you found out you had been given the Order of Canada. <clears throat> so I was uh, uh, driving my husband back from uh, from knee surgery in Fort Lauderdale back to St. Pete. And I was looking, uh, I wasn't driving at the time, but uh, looking at my emails, and there was a confidential, you know, that I was to call the Governor General's office. So I knew the application was in. It was in probably for about three years. And um, I'm sorry, what does that mean? Did you, you didn't, somebody put it in on your behalf? Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, wait, because here's the thing. If there's an application, he and I are going to fill it out. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Oh, yeah, sure. and you need a sponsor. So I'll sponsor you guys. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I called, and um, that's how they informed me. Uh, and, you know, I, I, it was, you know, three years in the making. Everyone kept saying, we think it's getting close. So, to get it, the call was, uh, was surreal. But one thing that really I am proud of, it's difficult sometimes to, to say those words, um, is that I was uh, appointed to the order in the companion category. And there are only a, a 165 Canadians permitted to hold the companion order um, at one time. And normally you enter as an officer and then you get promoted mm. to the order over a period of time as your body of work continues. And the fact that I went right into the top category, um, I'm particularly uh they're very proud of that. It's quite special. Well, that is, I didn't know. It is I didn't amazing. I that when they called me. <laughs> well, Howard, Howard, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, we've had one other Order of Canada uh, person recipient on the show, and it was Al Waxman. Yeah. And Howard trying to be funny. You know, Howard, the uh, funny okay. guy. It's not important. So <laughs> He threw a line out at Al Wax when I was just going to say, you're going to ask Stacy. No. I'm going to say, okay. No, I'll tell you, here's what it was. Al Waxman was being a bit prickly. And he yes, came in, he it's a very famous story on our show, but he came into the studio. He had just been given the Order of Canada. And to break the ice, I just said, hey, Mr. Waxman, what a pleasure. What an honor. Can you tell <laughs> us, uh, for our listeners, how many Canadian tire points you need to get the Order of Canada? <laughs> Which... I think it's pretty funny to this day, <laughs> but uh, he didn't. That's Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. He did not find that funny, not in the least. No, but uh, so when we wanted to make sure that uh, you came yeah, on the so show, I, I didn't. I didn't have to cash in any of my antique uh, <laughs> paper dollars that we used to have growing up. Oh, by the way, Fred, I don't know if you caught this uh, little throwaway from Stacy about fifteen minutes ago. Uh, Stacy, you sort of threw it away. You're staying at Billie Jean King's house, are you? Well, the USDA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. That's, mm. uh, mm-hmm. It's almost like I live here. It's about eight, eight, 18 hours a day. So no, but I'd like the house. It's the house that Billy built, right? That's very, very cool. So you're at Billy Jean's house this month, and you're going to be at our buddy Lumby's place uh, yeah, exactly. next month. You know, that's me. <laughs> from from Billy Jean King to Jeff Lumby. Oh, that's funny, Jeff Lumby. He, he's a lot like John McEnroe. I was just going to say the oh McEnroe. Oh yeah, he is so John McEnroe. He loved John McEnroe. Oh yeah, of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. What? I'm sure we told you that maybe we didn't because I remember we had dinner with you and your husband years and years ago. But I had just played uh, racquetball with Lumby. He, yeah. he broke a racket. Mm-hmm. We're just playing for fun. 
Uh, anyway, uh, all the friends of Lumbee, Lumbee have Lumbee stories, including our friend oh, Stacy. Many, 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 many. Oh, many, many. Listen, Stacy, thank you very much. What a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I hope this was okay. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, I remember Jeff telling me that you guys uh, had reinvented yourself and uh, established this super cool podcast. So thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you. And all oh, the best to... It was uh, a pleasure. Uh, yeah, tell John I, I, I say hi and and uh, enjoy your time at the Lumbies in France. Maybe you can give me a little Yelp review on I'll the... I'll give su- you some tips. I'll leave you a little note <laughs> That's of, the, right. of the do's and don'ts. I would love that. Say, Howard, whatever you do, don't ask about this. Yeah, or if you really want to piss them off, Howard, do this. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that, that list is pretty long. Oh, that's funny. Stacy. Right, thanks. Guys. Appreciate Order of Canada winner, uh, executive Stacy. we certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Stacey. Take care. And of course, Stacy is our gig sky guest of the day. Fred, take care, Stacy. Let me just uh, talk a little bit about that, because yes. you know, uh, gig sky is uh, offering 100% data plans around this planet Earth. Download the gig sky app today and enter the code HF2022 for five dollars off your first plan, or visit gigsky.com for more information. You know, you can get this uh, media service, this data service, in over 190 countries. And uh, now we'd like you to also check out the GigSky Travel Rewards Program. Travel Rewards. Go visit gigsky.com slash travel rewards. Sign into your account. Find out about everything from hotels, 850,000 of them around the planet, and uh, rental cars and such. You can even uh, book your theme park adventure through your GigSky account. GigSky.com. Go check it out, Freddie. Hey, Bodog, uh, I've been providing Canadians with online uh, wagering entertainment since the year 1994. Uh, sports, poker rooms, uh, any level of gambling that you're interested in, uh, Bodog is there. And as I said, been around since uh, 1994. Single game uh, wagering is uh Available as well, and uh, Bodog, again, one of the, well, it's the premier site for those who like to wager both, you know, in the gambling uh, area and the sports area. Uh, Is that it? Yeah, Yeah, it's very good. Um, Before we get to our uh, next guest, you know, it's funny, someone like Stacey, it's amazing how... Like I, 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 years ago, I'm talking like 25 or 30 years ago, I remember being at a dinner with ex-wife Randy and the Lumbees and Stacy and John, her husband, and you know, and then that person, you know, has gone on to greatness and <laughs> you and I are, you know, doing, uh, you know, nonsense still, you know, we can't even get well, nominated for a podcast award and she's got the fucking order of Canada. I know. Yeah. But, you know, certain, uh, you know, certain paths lead to certain, uh, you know, to certain or different, uh. Yes. Destinations. Yes, and, they you know, do. You know, fart jokes aren't going to get you the order of Canada. You got to get us something. <laughs> uh, Ivor Hamilton uh, has been a guest on our program many times. He's the uh, executive director of Universal Canada, I think. I can't remember his title. Uh, are you the CEO of Universal yet? I don't know. What? No. No? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, and John Ellison, uh, I just thought he was just a very fine... Uh, you know, smart American. Turns out he's also super successful. That's annoying. Um, hi, John. 
Hi, Howard. I understand you had a, a beautiful party. Here's how you know someone's doing well, because it's one thing to throw a big crab festival for 75 of your closest friends, although that's I find that anxiety. But uh, to also <laughs> to rent a yacht for the overflow of your guests staying. I mean, that says something. Because, you know, Fred and I have done well over the years, John, but we don't have rent-a-yacht money. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, I don't either. I, I haven't paid the bill yet, so... Uh, I understand. So how, how have the uh, house guests been, John? Well, for the most part, okay. Um, well, except for Mr. Yee upstairs. Uh, oh, that's right. But, did, uh, did you mention it was a BYOC, bring your own COVID party? It was, absolutely. I, I had hoped it, that I could get them into D.C. to pick up some monkeypox while they were here, but we haven't done that quite yet. Yeah, why not? Um, how are uh, How is uh, Yee Yee is he feeling uh, not that great today? Is that why he's... Uh, I have to talk to him. I think he. I think he wanted to let us take it. I think he's just uh, enjoying his stay here. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> you have to take the saran wrap off too. Mm-hmm. No, but John's been a uh, wonderful, wonderful host and uh, a fantastic area, a great place to live, and he showed us around and. It really, I mean, really, when, listen, to take nothing away from Toronto and Southern Ontario, but when you're down in an area like this that offers so much, and John has showed us around, you know, from the, well, it's not the ocean, but the, in the, you know, the waterways and the yachts and the beautiful uh, vistas everywhere, it, it really is remarkable. Sports franchises, about half a dozen within an hour drive, it's, it's uh, quite the place to live and quite the place to visit. It really is. Fred says he's coming back for a month next year. So mm-hmm. he's coming back for when? He's going to come back for a month next year. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back for a month, and I'm going to bring the family. So, mm-hmm. well, listen, man. Anyway. Uh, he's a, you know he's a nice fellow to have around, Fred. He make it, have, by the way. Other than have you guys? Can you confirm that Fred's ankles are swollen? Because he was very worried. <laughs> he's very worried. About. I, I really hadn't looked yet. But, oh, yeah. um, I will after the call for sure. Oh, I did see. Look. I did see some swelling, and it, it looked bad. He was quite concerned about it for a while. Then, then he was pulling our chains on it. So, uh, it's it's over and done with, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. No, but Ivor, you know him better than I do. Even that, you know, his ankles are one of his greatest features. He can't have them, uh, you know, swollen. Absolutely, it was a very it was a temporary concern, but it went away within a day. So, right. uh, I was not to worry on those. One other point here, Howard. Yesterday, to be with Ivor, who is a big shot in the music industry in Canada, you know, it was announced the death of one of the guys from, uh, what, what's their name? Teenage, Teenage Head. Teenage Head. Yes. And Ivor's reaction to that. What's the latest on that? The guy was actually murdered by his son, allegedly? Yes, yes. So oh, no. So it's Lewis uh, from the legendary band Teenage Head. And I, I, I mean... Uh, I've seen that band play more than any other band I've ever seen in my life. So, and they're, uh, you know, great guys, Canadian legends, um, Canada's top punk band from way back when, and they were still active today. There was going to be a show uh, at Kerfest in the second week of September that was scheduled. So it's a, it's, it's really, really heartbreaking to see. And, and Gordy Lewis was a, uh, a real gentleman, um, an absolute um, icon of Canadian rock and roll. And uh, um, they had not gone into the Juno Hall of Fame, but um, to me, they were worthy. I think they're one of the one of the greatest Hamilton bands of all time. Yeah. And his son charged with the murder. Just a crazy story. 
crazy story. Yeah, um, we played a lot of Teenage Head, obviously, at uh, the Edge or Safe Well, certainly when you guys were, uh, when it was Safe and Wine. But I'm just looking at some of their, give me uh, the first thing that, you know, for people, obviously we've heard of Teenage Head, but what would be the, the quintessential Teenage Head song that people would know? I think Let's Shake would probably be one of the, would be one of the top ones. Uh, let's go to Hawaii. Uh, disgusting. I mean, they had a lot of hits. I mean, sort of like that time frame from 1978 through to 1983 was, was when they really, really were at their their peak. Okay. Uh, Tornado was big as well. So they, they, you know, they had, you know, gold records and, uh, but we're another one of those examples of, of way back when where they they play everywhere in Canada and, and couldn't uh, couldn't crack it in the U.S. Well, that's because you weren't in charge of Universal at the time. <laughs> here's a little. Here's a little teenage head. This is Let's Shake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that is a bizarre story. You don't hear those kind of stories in Canada too much, John. We don't often, uh, you know, because there's only like one gun. We all share it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other one I was going to mention too was really the, one of the greatest Canadian party summer songs of all time, Top Down. You, everybody knows that one too. Okay, here's a little Top Down on the recommendation. By the way, Ivor Hamilton, formerly the music director of CFNY, that's we're talking about. That's the kind of deep cred we're talking about here. Yeah, that's crazy. Howard, you know, John grew up in Lewiston, New York, which is just across the border there at uh, St. Catharines. So he came to Canada a lot as a young adult, you know, with Ivor to see shows and everything. And being a border kid, he grew to love the Tragically Hip and uh, Canadian beer. And uh, so Ivor, as a gift to John, a gesture to John, brought we brought down a, a two-four of Labatt 50. And then some uh, tragically hip sort of signature beer that's out on the market now. And, and a rush beer as well, right, How, uh, uh, Ivor? There were two rush beers that we brought, uh, and we brought the tragically hip Lake Fever and the uh, 24 of Labatt 50. And I, quite honestly, I didn't realize this, but I had a hard time finding Labatt 50. It's just right. not, obviously, it's not nearly as popular as it used to be. Yeah, no but kidding. Howard, you should have seen the people at this party, because a lot of them are from from the north like mm-hmm. up in new york state go crazy on this uh, labat 50 on saturday well john it was, was like the, such a treat for these people i was going to say was the novelty for your american friends the fact that there was actually alcohol in our beer or was that like a <laughs> oh howard i have to take you to some of the breweries down here yeah it's changed howard oh, believe yeah. me some of the craft breweries yeah it's heavy yeah. duty stuff now definitely and you know we've been drinking a uh a beer down here called Natty Bow, which is National Bohemian. It's sort of the local beer. It's fantastic. Nice. So, yeah. Well, listen, boys. So, uh, baseball game. Uh, so, one more game today. You guys. And, John, it's been uh, up until this morning. Uh, we've had the kind of weather you're having now for the last four or five days. It's been in the late 30s. Feels like the early 40s here. So, 100 and whatever degrees. Um, and uh, Freddie's saying it's very, very warm. Yeah, it's going to be 98 today. 
It's going to be, I think the heat index or humid X, as you guys call it, is going to be 105 or 108 today. Okay, well, you got to make sure Freddie stays hydrated because we don't want those ankles puffing up again. Oh, well, I'm going to be very cautious today now that I know about it. <laughs> you know, you got to be very ankle aware on a day like this. You got And uh, who, are, who are the Jays playing tonight? Baltimore, the same nice. team they played last night. Remember, in baseball, that's the way it works. Right, right. It's a stay in town for right. a couple of days. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, very good, John. I uh, uh, Always a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And, and, John, there's a couple things just quickly. I don't want to get too into politics, but, you know, the FBI rated Trump's place, you know, for no reason because they hate Trump. But uh, I did see a documentary, and Freddie and I can talk about it a little bit later maybe, about uh, Alex Jones on uh, CNN. Oh, yeah. I just recommend that uh, if you can, ch- you get it, go and look at it. It's just about an hour, but it just it just goes to sh- it just shows you the history of Alex Jones, and and he's not some minor player in this whole MAGA universe. Yeah. It's very very uh, it's disturbing and it's a bit frightening. It is. And uh, when we left for the ball game last night, we picked up our tickets at my local pub in the back of a pickup truck in there was completely covered. It said, what was it, guys? Uh, America is God, guns and Trump. Yeah. More bullshit. Yeah. God. And it's funny when you see that, it sort of gives you a sinking feeling. It, it, it does. Yeah. And then earlier in the day, we were behind a truck, as I told you, Howard, with a flag that said, fuck Biden. And not in Canada, you know, the fuck Trudeau flags tend to have one of the letters sort of like a dollar sign or something. But not this one. Not this one. Yeah. And it's just, if we were all saying, we'd just love to go up to have a conversation with the guy. He probably wouldn't know his ass from a hole in the ground on any domestic issue. Uh, just no, but you a like crazy man. What's that? Uh, Johnny does what? Uh, Say that one more time. You might get shot if you had that conversation. No, exactly. Yeah, right. uh, John Ellison, uh, great uh, catching up with you. Ivor, uh, president and uh, regional manager of Universal. It is, uh, just for clarification, it's uh, I'm VP of Catalog Marketing at Universal. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I heard. Okay. <laughs> Howard, love your support. Thank you very much. Listen, man, I'm, I'm happy to promote you. It's about time. Uh, all right, Ivor. Hey, guys, travel safely home, and uh, always great seeing you. Johnny, take care. All right, there's uh, our buddy John Ellison hosting the boys in uh, Kent Island. Wow. It's amazing. You get to hang out with all these uh, wonderful people. We got to wait for uh, Dan Duran's news here in a second. He really is a sweetheart. How are we with. uh, Our mentions? I'm all done. You've got. uh, You've done. I did gig in the chamber plan. You did Sherpa. Uh, We've got GoDaddy coming up, so I think we're good. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be talking about Noom tomorrow. Right. I was up a bit. I will tell you this. I got all the way up. This was a bit frightening. Uh, Frightening. Five or six days ago, I was like 184. And I had been sort of hovering for the last few months around 180, 181. And then I was like, ooh. And I had just uh, had a few nights in a row of eating some, you know, MSG-laden food. Had a Thai food, then I had some other stuff, and I was a bit bloated. Uh, but, uh, you know, I sort of calmed it down, and today I was back to 181.7, which is kind of like 180 to 182 is where I would like to be. How about you? I know you're on a trip, but uh, are you uh, keeping track? And I, I'm not keeping track, but, you know, being aware 
Well, I've been drinking too much beer, obviously, but uh, the diet hasn't been too bad. I've made sure I've had a big salad every day. And I had a ballpark frank last night. But I bet you that was really, good. It was good. And then I had a ballpark sausage. Oh, God. I don't know exactly where I'll be when I get home. I, I haven't even asked John if he has a scale, but I'll have some work to do when I get home. But that's all part of it because, you know, this weight loss thing, it's a marathon. No, exactly. Yeah, it is. Exactly. A marathon that never ends. Yes, it's a never-ending <laughs> never marathon, like some of these shows we do. <laughs> They're just never-ending marathons. No, I've, uh, I, was, I was happy because I thought I better calm down, and I did it. All it took was three or four days. I did two things differently. I just, I just upped my water intake, and of course, it's been so freaking hot. But I really upped my water intake even away from the golf course because I let that slide. And I'll tell you, it's funny. How, um, you know, there's this thing on the new map They t- it says win with water. It's just funny how drinking a lot of water, hydration needs aside, it just makes you feel fuller. And that message to the brain or whatever, this, mm-hmm. it's not this, the, 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 the psychology is that you don't feel as hungry. And so I just did that for three or four days. I've just gone back to drinking a lot of water and it flushes out, flushed out my system. Dan Duran's wearing a jacket now. That's how cold it is at Lovesick. You know, interesting. Just one other point on the diet. Usually when I travel, pretty much anywhere, but like for a few days like this, I I tend to get constipated. But I haven't had that problem on this trip. (laughs) But again, I think it's the water. And I've really pretty much every day had a very, like a big, large salad. Yeah. so that's been that. You know that feeling of constipation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of, okay. Don't feel right. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Dan because that was going to be his lead story. He's going to start that's with right. uh, our top story: Fred's ankles are swollen, and he hasn't pooed since Baltimore. <laughs> Let's check all the. Uh, okay, we talked about the weather. Uh, talked about Fred's poops. <laughs> What's left? What have we talked about? Yet? Well, I don't know, man. It's like, well. um... Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I could, we talked about my, I apparently have narcolepsy now. I can't stop napping. All right. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to have a nap this afternoon because I woke up at, uh, fuck, what time is it? Like quarter to four, four o'clock, and that was it. I've had some good sleeps, though. Last couple of days, uh, because, like, if this hadn't been a work day, I would have gone back to sleep till like seven maybe mm-hmm. but for some reason on work days i wake up at four if i if i do i uh basically just that's it you know by five fifteen. I, by the way dan what were you doing up at two in the morning <laughs> uh, i don't know I, I, I lately i've been having a sleep problem i've been waking up around that time he sent me a note at then. two in the morning yeah. Well, you didn't. It didn't wake you up. No, no, no. Did. Not of, of course. But I, I, when I woke up this morning and I saw your message, and I'm not sure if we're going to have time to get into it today, but I'll, I'll say I'll save it for tomorrow because it's so bananas. But uh, I, first thing I saw was your message to me, and then the time, two a.m. And I'm like, "What was Dan Duran up to? Were you doing some Dan Duran things, Daniel? Yay." I have no idea what I was doing up at that time, but you know, uh, you make time. You make use of your time when you have it. Do you you. go okay? All right. I'm send my friends things. Mm -hmm. You know, Dan is uh, this week. He's enjoying my grandchildren who are right in beside him. Oh, they're very special grandchildren. I gotta say, Mm -hmm. they're there for the week. Uh, 
Yeah. And they always say hello to me as, hi, Dan Duran. Yeah. <laughs> Not just Dan. It's, hi, Dan Duran. Aw. And always say that. Well, it's funny because my kids are only, almost everyone I know, well, but certainly my children refer to you as Dan Duran. No, they don't say, how's Dan? They say, how, Dan, how is Dan Duran? Mm-hmm. Because that is your, you're like, a, that's a brand. It's like Cher. It's like uh, Lady mm-hmm. Gaga. It's like <laughs> Madonna. Yeah. You're Dan, it, yeah. you're Dan Durant. You're not just Dan. Mm. And uh, to that point, how about we... T- how, I know. Find a fucking mouse. You wouldn't hear that. Find a fucking mouse. Uh, why don't we do this? Now, okay. here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now with his look at the news And his views With Humble and Fred News Here's Dan Duran Hey, if you're done hoarding toilet paper, now you can move on to mustard and chocolate bars. Mm. Dijon mustard is becoming rare in France, where each French person buys about a kilogram a year. That's a lot of mustard, more than any other country on the planet. And thanks to ideal growing conditions in Alberta and Saskatchewan, Canada is the second largest producer of mustard seeds just behind Nepal holds about 57% of the global export market. Now, climate change, including a heat dome affecting Canada's prairies last year, has had a negative effect on recent crops. And a really cold winter in France, where some of the seeds are also grown, didn't help at all. So about 50% of the normal harvest there. That And so now the, the, the French are looking for the Dijon, the Dijon mustard. Are they like, où est Dijon? Right. So I guess when you uh, go uh, visit uh, Jeff... Yeah, take some Dijon with you because yeah. you know mustard is one of the cheapest condiments. Um, so a price hike there probably you know isn't going to be that devastating because like your French is mustard, you know, and your typical plastic blue thing is like yeah. what a buck and a half or something. I know Dan and I have uh, seen a like tra- a, w- there's one thing about being on the prairies. Obviously, it's very flat, but on a sunny day in Saskatchewan or Alberta driving along and seeing a mustard field it is pretty it's pretty remarkable and if you've never seen one just google it it's fantastic actually it's very colorful it's kind of yeah. like the lavender fields in France yes or you know sunflower fields here yeah you want to put you want to almost take a picture of it yes you Except almost there's want so to. much there's so much of it <laughs> right. yeah whatever <laughs> Yeah. By the way, uh, then we, I, I mentioned chocolate bars. Same thing, kind of things happening with uh, the, the supply chain and the war in, uh, in Ukraine uh, is all affecting. COVID has been affecting uh, chocolate bars. They've Hershey has had an incredible amount of increase in uh, production, uh, but the high demand may not be met at, at Halloween because of all the supply chain problems. Mm. Um, it's about ten percent of Hershey's annual sales is around Halloween. Apparently, Canada though should be plenty of bars because their uh, their chocolates are produced locally at Sterling Road Confectionery Plant in Toronto. So apparently we'll, we'll be okay, they think. But it's well, thank a, goodness, a, a Dan. Demand, yeah. Also, when you visit Jeff, you may want to take some chocolate bars. All right. Before, you know, yeah. It's like, uh, like during the war. Um, right. Yeah, I, I also the fact that, we, you know, we're t- lamenting it's August, but that's really the first mention of Halloween, which is only like three months away. 
Yeah, it- and it, yeah, exactly. Just around the corner, Costco's featuring a, a Halloween, uh, you know, costumes and stuff now. Are they? Yeah, they're That's out. great. Yeah. There was a skeleton holding another skeleton singing, uh, I Got You, Babe. <laughs> oh, really? That's One of the aisles, yeah. It's six feet tall. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Dan, do you have a second story? I do, I do. All right, hang on a second. Now with his second story. And here's what we're going to do. In a couple minutes' time, we're going to talk to uh, one of our friends from uh, GoDaddy. And then you can come back or, you know, hang around, uh, whatever you choose, uh, to finish off this show. Uh, With another look at the news. More news. Here's Dan. Don't mail poop. An Ohio man who is not a big fan of Republicans has been arrested for allegedly mailing letters filled with feces to state Republicans and choice federal politicals, including Jim Jordan. Even though he included a a card with Jim Jordan's. Uh, Anyway, the uh, the man has been charged with mailing injurious articles that are non-mailable. Even uh, even uh, Jim Jordan uh, had uh, actually, I think, laughed at the the thought of this. Anyway, the stay there was a stakeout. Uh, they uh, charged the man, and uh, he is he could carry a fine as much as a hundred thousand dollars and a year in prison. So keep your poop local, I guess. Yeah. They, they sent you him heard, poop. I'm sorry. You should have heard Jim Jordan last night. And you just go like, where? Where do you get your like? You t- you have no shame. No, I know that guy's been involved with, and all the accusations he's flying last night out of his disgusting little mouth. Oh, something else. Yeah, it really is, and and it'll never happen. But you would just like, and I know we've said this a million times. You just like to have five minutes with the guy and say, "Okay, no cameras. Just just walk me through this. Walk me through. You were." Uh, uh, you stood by while uh, young men were being abused. We all know that. You were texting Mark Meadows on January 6th, mm-hmm. and you have the unmitigated gall to be wondering why this clown puppet <laughs> is being raided by the FBI. I'm looking at the Fox News website right now, and they're just losing their minds. But, but they're doing it for a reason, because anything like this gives them so much material. Right. What's interesting, too, is they're saying uh, that Biden did this because they're afraid of Trump in 2024. Oh, yeah. But on the flip side to that, these people are terrified because they know there's probably something there, which means that their orange pig uh, hero will may not be able to run. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm just going to so finish working on. both ways. There's a great uh, headline here. It says so and so on Mar-a-Lago raid. This is going to energize the mega movement even more. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. It and is. isn't that the truth? Um, OK, we get violent. Oh, get more violent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And one of the one of the reasons I th- think they were talking about why the raid was uh, was uh, yesterday or the day before, whenever it was the uh, it's 91 or 92 days out from uh, uh, from the election, and they have a policy of not uh, getting involved in politics or if, uh, want to influence a, a, mm-hmm. an election. So right. they was kind of like right up against a deadline of sorts. So that's why they uh, apparently one of the reasons they acted on it just just at that, this mm-hmm. particular point in time. Thank you, Dan. Th- Dan, um, yeah. we're just going to take a quick break from the news and uh, switch uh, gears here to uh, welcome our the chief experience officer. I want to make sure I get this right. Maybe, uh, Charles, uh, you can just help me out. Future, I can't even print it. Futurepreneur. 
Futurepreneur. Think entrepreneur, but in the future. Yes, futurepreneur, yes. Mm. a GoDaddy partner, Charles Finley. Welcome to our program. How are you this morning, sir? Really good and really good to see you guys this morning. I've been listening to your show all morning and it's uh, a great way to start the morning. Uh, oh wow! I don't know about Thank that. Thank you very much for that. Where, first of all, I, I, where do you where do we find you today? Where are you? I'm actually at home. No, I'm uh, what city? In in downtown Toronto. Okay. Um, was this your first uh, exposure to this nonsense, the humble and French show? No, I've, I've heard you back in the day when you were on the radio. And okay. I've been, uh, you know, not every morning, but I have listened to your show. Okay. Well, then you know that we're pretty harmless. You know, and we can be mature when need be. <laughs> the, and I got to tell you, Chief Experience Officer, I've never heard that before. Explain that. Yes. Well, um, what I always say is that Sherpa was taken, so uh, they, I, I got stuck with the <laughs> Chief Experience Officer. Um, it's actually a title that's uh, becoming more common in, in companies. It's really about it's about making sure the experience of our offering is the best it can be. So in our case. It's basically to help entrepreneurs, uh, young entrepreneurs aged 18 to 39. Uh, so you guys could still qualify. Yes, uh, for, <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, no, you. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, unless it's for people born in the 1880s to 1939. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, so basically, our, our mission is to help young entrepreneurs uh, start companies. And so we uh, we're a national nonprofit. We we've been around for 25 years. Uh, we help. We've helped about uh, 15 over 15,000. Uh, young companies wow. uh, get off the ground since we've been around, and we're currently running around. We help about a thousand companies start every year. We've got a combination of sort of unique combination in Canada. We we have uh, we give them access to financing, so that in many cases uh, our, our entrepreneurs are very early. We're in many cases, this is the first financing that they get to get their business started. Uh, we pair them with a mentor for two years to help the guide the entrepreneurs to get them off the ground and we have wraparound programming and support and workshops which is what we're talking about today uh to help to help them uh, on that journey as they move so futurepreneur and GoDaddy recently teamed up to launch empower in canada uh walk us through that partnership and the program and how it all fits together with your race on debt Yes, you're, uh, so your regular listeners will know this, but some, some people think that GoDaddy might only be a domain registration company, but right. they actually provide a lot more. They're really about helping businesses get online and to thrive. And they've launched this, uh, they've launched Empowered by GoDaddy, which is their sort of global community and philanthropic program. Um, and it's been around since 2017, and we're really excited as Futurepreneur because uh, we're their sort of launch partner here in Canada. They're they're launching the program here. They're bringing it to Canadians, and and they're working closely with us on that partnership. And it it makes sense for us because we found uh, you know as we've all gone through the last two and a half years of the pandemic, uh, we you know our small businesses, our entrepreneurs, and we've seen this out in the landscape that just how important it is for small business to be online in some way, be it from a website or to doing e-commerce or uh, doing marketing through social media. So uh, GoDaddy has experts in that area and they've got lots of expertise uh, in terms of helping businesses get online. Mm -hmm. So our partnership is, is basically uh, we offer uh, a combination of live workshops. So you can register for workshops where a futurepreneur is hosting and curating in the workshop and we have GoDaddy experts uh, providing the you know the 
expertise and the guidance in those workshops. We have at, at online, uh, basically get their business online, and also have access to GoDaddy's global uh, uh, network of experts to, to help them if they have specific questions about certain matters. So it's been a very good combination for us because also the other piece of this is that they're in their mission, in, in GoDaddy's mission, um, it's about certain, you know, helping uh, entrepreneurs in underserved communities. And that's core to our mission as well. Really, we're all about what we call inclusive, diverse prosperity. So it's basically about helping entrepreneurs across the country, no matter what province you're in, no matter where you are, but also within communities. We have tailored programs for Black entrepreneurs. We have tailored programs for Indigenous entrepreneurs. Uh, we have programs for uh, entrepreneurs who are working full-time, but they want to start something on the side. Um, and we have our core program, which basically reaches every corner of the country, every province and territory. So it's a, it's a nice match between us and GoDaddy for this partnership. Well, I'll tell you, that's a lot of resources that you're offering to these people. I mean, honestly, what a step up. That's fantastic. Uh, the first webinar on uh, on website best practices, that aired in July. When's the next one? And can yes, small so we, business people uh, participate in that? Yes, the next one is actually tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, oh, okay, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, so is when it starts. And uh, you can register for that for those listeners or uh, listeners uh, in their families or friends who are interested. Uh, you can go to futurepreneur.ca slash build your business online and or your business online. And it also, uh, the, we had our first webinar in July, as you mentioned, and uh, it, it was great in that it helped entrepreneurs step through the, you know, what are the things you need to do in order to launch a website? And we provide, mm-hmm. a, we provide a live audit in the in the workshop so there's some of the entrepreneurs we actually look at the, if they're if they're open to it we look at their website and we're doing the same thing tomorrow in the social media workshop is if you've provided your handles the the GoDaddy coach an expert who's there uh, will look at your presence and sort of give you some advice and commentary right there on the spot and quickly Charles how do uh, people get if they are interested where would they go to find out uh, how to be part of that webinar yeah, I'll just give you the I'll give you the website again. Uh, make sure I got it right. Uh, futurepreneur.ca slash my online business is where they can go. And, and just before we say so long, what what else can we expect to see from Futurepreneur and GoDaddy as part of the Empower program uh, going forward? We've got uh, actually we've got uh, monthly workshops on 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 tap, and so next month we've got a workshop on SEO search and the mysterious search engine optimization. Uh, basically, and it's to help. How do businesses get found online if people are searching for for uh, for their business or for their product? So uh, that's coming in September. We're going to have uh, more monthly workshops. We're going to have networking opportunities and more online courses uh, within GoDaddy's Empower platform. Listen, man, we certainly appreciate your time this morning. Charles Finley is the Chief Experience Officer at Futurepreneur, GoDaddy's latest partner. You know, that's what our organization, our org chart is very haphazard. We've got a president, a secretary, some other, but we don't have an experience officer. And maybe that's where <laughs> that's what's held us back all these years. But thank you for being part of our program today. I can come on board on the side if you need some help on that front. Well, listen, All right, man. we're going to take you up on that. Well, absolutely we would. <laughs> this is the kind of consulting we need. Hey, <laughs> Thanks, Charles, all Thanks. the best Thank to you. you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. There's Charles Finley. He's a, that guy's not only is he a nice person, but he's obviously very grown up. He's doing grown-up work for GoDaddy. Appreciate you. Take care, Charles. Uh-oh. 
Johnson. All right, Dan Duran is back. Down, 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 down. Where's Dan Duran? I, uh, I see uh, his name, but I don't see him yet. Stan and Spencer just came through the studio here. Spencer's gone for the day. Dan Duran. Yeah, the uh, when we were talking to Stacy Allister, uh, she was talking about uh, this kid, Corda, the boy. His parents were like Olympians. I'm going to get this wrong, but let me just get, they were Olympians and tennis players, the parents. And of so they had these kids. One of them is a world class tennis player. The other two are among the best golfers, uh, guess best women golfers on earth. It's just like. You know, nature, nurture. I, and I would say, like, if you're even remotely interested in golf, Nellie Corda, her golf swing is one of the most shared um, memes in the golf universe because she's considered to have one of the best golf swings of any athlete, man or woman. Mm-hmm. And also, she's not unpleasant to look at. That's all I'm going to say. No, that's not unnecessary now. Mm-hmm. No, I know it's not. But You're I'm just saying. Notice those things. Pardon me, sir? You're not supposed to notice those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. I, I take it built differently. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, we are. Do you well. attribute the uh, family success to parenting style, do you think? Uh, I, I don't know, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're great parents, but I mean, if you're an Olympic athlete and a world-class tennis player and you bang, you know, you're not going to get hit. You're not uh, <laughs> him and I aren't coming out. You know what I mean? Like swollen ankles and anxiety, man. You don't get that, mm-hmm. right? I uh, I've seen a lot of Nelly Corda's golf swing. She's very, very good. It's uh, it's a bit in, it's it's something. Very, you know, a lot of times um, you can't really relate to the men's game anymore as a golfer because they hit it so far. And so do the women, mind you. But they're a mm-hmm. little bit closer, you know, to the average sort of guy who plays in terms of distances. And so oftentimes when right. I watch women's golf, I'm like, oh, she hits her nine iron the same you know, length as I do. Is the center of gravity <laughs> being different in a woman with the boobs? Uh, does yeah, that make a, diff- a difference for the, the, the swing of the golf? That oh. I don't know. Fred, what, would you, what were you trying to say, Freddie? Um, I forget now. I've got lost in this latest thing. Um, All right. No, I'm, no, I was just going to agree with you. That's a, you know, those women are like, a, the average guy can relate to their distances is what you were saying. Yes, that's Which what I was saying. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, I just was uh, thinking about that when Stacy brought up the Corda, the young Corda boy. Anyway, um, well, there you go. There's a yeah. show. Yeah. Now, what will you do now? Is it the same families? Are you in the same time zone as us? Yes. 
And uh, so it, when we're done our little show here in the next minute or two, like, what do you guys do? Go to the yacht for crab breakfast or what, what's happening? Well, we may. We may. We're going to have to have a strategy meeting, though. 98 degrees. The Jays play here tonight and tomorrow night. And we were going to go to tonight, not tomorrow night. But I'm just thinking with 98 degrees, John has a lovely pool here that... Maybe this is a day that us old guys and to keep the swelling down, just stay in the pool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right? Stay yeah. in the pool. I would. And, and, and then let, yeah. Do they have Although a beach I know there? <laughs> no, it's a pool. Well, yeah, somewhere, but he's got a pool oh. directly here. Oh, I right. just notice when I stay in a pool too long, now my age spots get all weird looking. So that's another thing. I don't want to freak anybody. Well, why don't you do this? As soon as go in what? for a, here's what you do. Go in for a dip and then when you come out, quickly put on your caftan or whatever your Yeah, yes, right. Your, my yeah. my moo moo. <laughs> put on your swimming robe right away. So from head uh-huh. to toe, so no one can see your swollen ankles or your you know, I, I wear these sleeves. I don't know if you guys have seen those. I wear sleeves now. Uh, actually, a lot of the women wear them on the LPGA Tour, but a lot of guys now that spend a lot of time out in the sun, I just put them on uh, because my arms are just getting, you know, 51 years of being out in the sun on a golf course. I'm getting all mm-hmm. these spots on oh, them. Oh, I know. So it's just a sleeve? Yeah, same here. Yeah, the, they're made by FootJoy makes them. Uh, Nike makes them. Um, yeah, you just put them on before the round, and I wear them. They're, they're, they're white. And, uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> are, they, are they not hot? No. Very breathable. Well, it's something to think about. You know, you get older. Same here. I'm getting those spots. I, it's funny. I used to notice them on my grandmother. One of those spots. And she used to say, Freddie, they're age spots. And now here I am in my latter half of my 60s and i'm getting the bastards now too who to thunk hey who to thunk well you know the thing is you stick around the planet long enough you're gonna get everything everything is coming <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh okay on tomorrow's show i want to talk a little bit about uh, north america's most livable cities dan duran at two in the morning sent me something that is absolutely Bananas, And how do you send that to me and not apologize for religion? It's just beyond me. <laughs> well, it's the side of religion that I don't appreciate. It's, it, so what, it's there are, that is, there's only one side of religion. It's all made up bananas. Uh, that's on tomorrow's show. I'll get, angry. I'll get all angry at Dan about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Um, also, our guest tomorrow is uh, Mark Hepsher. We can talk a little bit of uh, sports with Mark. The uh, Sherpa will be here. Uh, Toronto Mike, of course, popping in for his Toronto Mike stuff. And then, as I said, we're, we're going to do another show tomorrow, and then we're off next week, and then it's all humble and serious. Thread, all serious. Okay? I'm serious. All right. So no show next week. One show tomorrow. And then after that, we pick it up again. And we pick it up. And, and Dan, I, I apologize again. About uh, you know not letting you know that we weren't doing a show yesterday. Uh, no need. Shoddy. No need. Unprofessional. No need. Remember, after Labor Day, for a week, back to the regular grind. Yeah, oh yeah. So much humble and Fred. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> okay. Teenage head, Olivia Newton, John. All and, right. Uh, <laughs> 
right. This episode of Oval of Red was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Email us at Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Like and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, the H&F Order of Canada campaign just kicked off. And this is not for them. It's for the people. Find out tomorrow if there really is one and if you can be part of this order. As Howard says, enjoy every goddamn day. A place we saw the lights total low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?